Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Stuart Robles about his new book, The New World of Entrepreneurship, Insider's Guide to Buying and Selling Your Own Business in the Digital Age. Stuart Robles, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hi, John. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it is a pleasure to be with you today. I'm super excited to have what I think will be a really interesting, uh, compelling conversation. We're going to be exploring, in part, the topic of your new book, The New World of Entrepreneurship, Insider's Guide to Buying and Selling Your Own Business in the Digital Age. Uh, but there's more to it than that. And certainly we're going to talk about entrepreneurial um, intentions and spirit amidst kind of this the broader world of work and complex organizations and kind of your perspectives and philosophies around all of that. As we get started, I wanted to share Stuart's bio with everybody. Stuart Robles is co-author with Rod Robertson of The New World of Entrepreneurship, Insider's Guide to Buying and Selling Your Own Business in the Digital Age. He is a partner at Briggs Capital, a Boston-based mergers and acquisitions firm that serves small to medium-sized businesses. He has done business in over 20 countries and formerly owned a call center in Central America that he helped grow to 950 employees before exiting and moving into worldwide business development. He earned his BBA in marketing and international business at the University of Texas, his MBA at Pontifica Universidad Católica. De Chile, <laughs> something like that. Uh, my pronunciation is is not great. Um, and he is a former instructor for the University of Texas Professional Development Center. A uh, really great background. I'm excited to explore your book and, and related topics with you today. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your personal context before we dive on in further? Um, but, uh, no, John, well, you know, a lot of the conversation will be the, the pragmatic world of the entrepreneur. And, uh, you know, from, from our perspective as a, as, as a firm that, that assists uh, entrepreneurs in their journeys. Um, but I did have that stint in the call center that you mentioned from my bio where I had the, uh, the, the PhD, MBA, master's degree in, uh, in, in, in the, the topic of managing people in a 900, we went from, uh, 20 employees to 950 in four years. 
Oh my goodness. And, and it was, a, it was, yeah, whatever you can, whatever you can imagine happened and could have happened, it happened, you know, and, uh, they, they never, uh, lit the call center on fire. Thank goodness. You know, but uh, we were close to it at one point. So, you know, there are yeah, things where I can relate to, to that world, you know, <laughs> that, that is insane levels of growth over a four year yeah. period. Uh, that, that's, that's amazing. And, uh, yeah, feel, feel free to share anything about, uh, what that was like to scale at that kind of a rapid rate. And of course, in your, your, um, your firm Briggs Capital, uh, you're, you're working with organizations doing mergers and acquisitions. And this is also a big piece of, of what many, you know, are, are thinking about many leaders are thinking about in super structured, really complex organizations. Um, and, and that's how many organizations continue to grow and to stay relevant is through mer- mergers and acquisitions. And of course, that brings its whole, a whole extra level of complexity and challenges in relation to how do you manage the people in the firm when you're bringing in new people, you're bringing in new leadership, you're trying to acclimate, deal with cultural issues, onboarding, you know, all these things, right? So all of that comes into really what um, leaders are trying to handle when you're in this, this wild and crazy world of entrepreneurship and in firms uh, doing what they do and growth and scaling. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, from the smallest company, uh, you know, to the largest organizations, uh, the issue about the making the acquisition, acquiring the firm, merging two firms is always, you know, what are we going to do about the people? And, uh, you know, when the time comes, you know, on the chopping block and everything, and, I just feel that as as more M and A happens at all levels, everybody from the leadership to the employees, uh, they're getting used to it, and then they are less worried about it. And they're just okay. It's another another transaction that's happening, and uh, you know the big exodus, you know the great resignation, you know the book is, is for those that are resigning right right now. You know our book because there's no better time to go and start your business as as, as now. You know, it's, it's just so easy with technology, with uh, the amount of capital that's out there. Uh, you know, it's drying up right now is what you see in the headlines. It's not, I mean, it's whenever the capital gets so crazy at the, at the VC level, there's always a, a wave that follows of people that want to get in that boat, you know, and they miss the crypto boat, whoever had a little bit of excess money. Uh, so, so maybe they want to get into, you know, investing into entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurial ideas. As people leave on the exodus, they'll be back. You know, the ones, you know, because the failure rates are so high uh, and they'll be back at the big companies. Uh, most of listeners are, are big company um, execs, right? So, you know, they'll be back with the flavor of what it was to, to be out there. And I think they'll be more ready for whenever there are big changes or needs to, you know, necessities to, to pivot. And, and less of that hassle that happens when, when you have uh, to make big changes in big companies. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, we have that call center experience where, you know, we were just hiring folks, but we were also losing folks at, at almost the same rate as we were, you know, bringing them in because the company was not ready. You know, they we did not have the perks that our competitors had, you know, uh, and, and all the stuff you have to give, you know, this type of employee and the benefits and all the things. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was a real challenge just keeping everybody together, you know, to, you know, to go towards the, the mission of the company. But uh, as more people leave, come back, more people come back and leave, I think just everybody becomes more mature about it. And I think it's just going to get easier for HR and organizational development uh, challenges. It's just a feeling I get, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really interesting perspective. And you, yeah, call centers are n- 
notoriously high turnover organizations anyways, right? And and then you have, like you said, the growth, the scaling issues, just the maturity issues, you know, of a nascent organization trying to grow into itself and and understand how to better meet the needs of its people and attracting and retaining good people, right? So all those challenges that you faced in the call center. Uh, and as you've really uh, well stated in, in terms of the great resignation or the great reshuffling, the great awakening, however you want to term it, you know, people have reevaluated and they have determined in mass that they want to try something different perhaps than what they were doing before, perhaps during, before the, the, the pandemic. And it'll stick for some people. And for a lot of people, they'll, they'll uh, play around with entrepreneurial endeavors for a while or dabble in the gig economy for a while. Uh, many of them will return back to more traditional organizations, but we've been seeing for a long time, um, you know, the, the trajectory towards more gig economy, contingent workforce, yeah. contract workers, like all of that, I, you know, I, I don't think um, that trend is going to be reversing itself anytime soon. Uh, and so it'll be su- just super interesting to see uh, if this great resignation uh, will continue to kind of speed us into and accelerate us into that that shift, or if it will kind of level out and we'll kind of cool our jets a little bit and uh, and and things will seem a little bit more normal before they uh, start to shift more. Anyways, who, who knows, right? Nobody knows the future, but it's, it's uh, going to be super interesting to see how all this plays out. But like you said, right now, the time is ripe for people who want to try a new entrepreneurial endeavor or want to, you know, play their hand in the gig economy uh, and, and try new things and, and try out the flexibility and the autonomy that can come uh, with those types of approaches, but also then understanding and recognizing the amount of work and effort that goes into when you are in charge and trying to make your business be successful. Yeah. The, um, the, the biggest dream is when you're an employee, you want to be the employer. And then once you become the employer and you have employees, you're like, I don't want to have employees anymore. <laughs> and that's what people get to realize, you know, because it's more work uh, to, to, to be the, the, the boss, you know, and, and that's what sometimes folks uh, uh, don't realize. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of the things that I think, and you're talking about the gig economy and everything and everybody, the reason that they are, uh, can you hear me still? Oh, okay. Okay. The um, I'm trying to see if my my co-author he says that uh, you know the the whole you know pandemic you know really weeded out the hard workers from the ones that just want to do yoga and and really not work you know and they call it entrepreneurship some of them a lot of them and they're gonna take they're gonna get money because they're gonna convince somebody about their idea and it's gonna be a lot of uh, wealth uh, you know value that's gonna not be created or even lost. Uh, and that the ones that want to keep working hard have actually become, you know, they've excelled at their company positions and now they're in, in better positions today, uh, doing the work of four people, you know, and uh, companies have to, uh, you know, really congrat, you know, really uh, award those types of employees that are really, you know, putting on the company shirt and I get rid of the ones that, uh, that are just complaining and asking for more vacation. And he says, you know, the U.S., uh, you know, was founded on hardworking people and, uh, you know, people just want to become more European where they have, you know, a nice, you know, two, you know, <laughs> month and a half of, yeah, you know, and, and it is very enviable, you know, to have, uh, you know, all that vacation time. And I think, uh, 
I think it's really going to reshuffle folks in that direction. You know, I mean, right now everybody's worried because everybody's resigning and everything. But I think, uh, you know, all the gigsters and all that stuff, you know, they'll. It's it's just gonna, it's gonna level off. All the hype is really driving everybody crazy. I think everybody's worried, chasing our tails. But uh, but I think it's gonna be great for big companies, especially because you know they're gonna really realize that wherever they had a department with uh, you know, 25 people, it can be run by five. You know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I think I, I came over here because uh, I was looking for the other book that I didn't write, but my my co-author Rod wrote. So this is Rod, but he's you know if you look at if you look for him on uh, if you look for him on on, on Amazon, he, he co-wrote another book with uh, uh, the the uh, a guy from Belarus uh, three years ago. Two years ago they published it. It took him about a year to to write. Uh, and he says that was a real pain to write. You know, it was really tough because the guy wrote in, in Russian and then he would translate it in English with a personal assistant and it was just a mess. But this guy was, he is, you know, the entrepreneur of the year for many years in, in Belarus. It's funny we're talking about this because not only, you know, you know what happened, right? You know, Belarus, now the, you know, the one that's supporting the, the horrible war and everything, but, but this guy you know, and his world got changed, you know, got completely turned upside down, right? He was the king. But he had a method where, and, and it, we launched the methodology for organizations like the ones that, uh, but it was based on office work, not remote. Because what it does is that as a, as a physicist and a mathematician, everybody's a mathematician in those countries, right? <laughs> he came up with a formula where he can calculate like gravity and, and create a, it's called the vector method, the book. And uh, the human vector is the name of the book. The vector method is the methodology for organizations to actually implement what he did because he had, at one point, he was running about 10 companies, uh, high growth technology firms without a problem because he had implemented this, this method and uh, it works like gravity. You, calc you, you find the vector of every individual and you see which ones are the gravitators and the ones that are, are helping gravitate everybody towards the company goal of making money, of being aligned with management and ownership. And then which are the detractors? And then once you identify both, you work on how to make the detractors or assign, you know, it's just a, it's, it's an unbelievable cross-sectional way, way of uh, taking advantage of who you have in the organization, actually making them take a certain role in terms of going towards the company objective in a math, with math, mathematical precision, precision. You know, it's, it's just amazing. And, uh, but that whole thing, you know, got ruined with, uh, with the, um, because you got to be, you know, it's the people that are at the water cooler. How do you identify those, channel them correctly to, you know, go with company culture, go with the company's objectives. And uh, now that things are going back to the office, I think it could be re-implemented, but it goes right, right into what we were talking about, you know, where, uh, you know, if you identify the right people, you're able to really, you know, make the organization grow. People don't leave. You can have a call center where people don't, uh, you know, uh, resign after, you know, three months or six months, you know, and go on to the next call center where they get more ping pong table hours, you know, and this happens a lot in offshore locations where you know, the Philippines and, uh, you know, Latin America. Um, anyways, the more ping pong tables sometimes you have, it's a lot of young people, but the, the more you are able to steal away agents from, from the other company, you know, from a competitor. Anyways, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, just, I just thought of that because, uh, you know, as we're going back to the office, we'll see who really wants to go back and work, you know.
Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. So I'm wondering now if, if we can pivot just a little bit. Now, of course, there's yeah. connections here between everything we've been talking about and your book, but I'm wondering if we can pivot a little bit and talk more about uh, your book, specifically the new world of entrepreneurship. Uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, what this book is all about, and and then we can start to dive into some of the key findings, key takeaways. Okay. Uh, the you know, Briggs Capital, you know, the firm where we work at, an M&A firm in the lower middle market, uh, usually when we help a company get acquired, it's been run by the same founder for, you know, 30 years. And this person is hitting, you know, 60, 65 and needs to, they've put everything into the business. They don't have anything liquid. It's all inside the business. We got to, you know, they, they got to exit. They got to cash out and, you know, be able to retire, leave something for their you know, children, et cetera. And uh, so, so we're in that world, you know, where uh, it's, it's usually entrepreneur to entrepreneur transactions or uh, private equity, but the smaller ones, not the, not the big private equities that, you know, the, 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 the people business. So when, when, we, uh, when, when we set out to write the book and, and if you compare it to when I, when I was trying to get into the sector, because I've been an entrepreneur for, for, for many years. I've been an employee. I lived in Austin, Texas, because that's where I went to school. And, you know, I participated as, as co-founder, employee of so many startups. You know, it's been in and out, in and out. And uh, I try to get into this world of deal making. And I, I read 50 books, you know, and they all talked always about the big organizations, you know, how you could basically be an analyst or an employee for these types of big shops where you do these transactions, you got to calculate the, you know, all those stuff, you know, that goes into the due diligence and everything. That's not, that's not where all the bulk of transactions happen. So the book really is a guide for anybody who has never done a transaction. And it can be a person that's been in business forever or has been an executive at a company forever. And they're so super smart, you know, and they're good at what they do and they know companies and they know growth and they know how to manage and they know about people and they know about product, everything, but they've never done these types of deals. We just, we just kind of like let, you know, give you the recipe. You know, from the first little thing that you got to do to the next one, the things that happen along the way, there's, you know, maybe six or seven steps that have to happen for you to actually buy a company or sell your company. And, uh, Usually folks like us, we hide that information in our, you know, club of uh, financial deal makers. 
and uh, and 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 once and and that's where you see the difference between an, uh, somebody who's already done a deal before and somebody who hasn't. And uh, once they've done a deal before, they turn around, right, and they're like, "Huh, that was that was a big deal, you know? That was that really nebulous, weird world that I had no idea how these these guys did it or these people did it." And and then they go on and they do more transactions on their own. So you see these serial entrepreneurs that people talk about. The earlier that they can have, do a deal, either sell a small business or acquire a franchise, whatever it is, it really gets you into a new level, a new pain, a new, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's, it's, just, it's just a higher level of understanding of the dynamics of, of, of deal-making acquisitions, and, and it just becomes second nature. Uh, so we try to get people to you know, read the book, take the plunge, either buy a business or you know, sell theirs. A lot of the... A lot of times we, we, you know, in our line of work, a lot of times, you know, we go to a company and we say, you got a nice company, you could sell it and make a lot of money, right? And uh, I'm not going to sell my company is the first thing every business owner tells you, right? They get all clammed up and they're like, I'm never going to sell it. I'm going to keep making money. And we're like, you know, you never know what's going to happen, you know? And I got the story of my, my family's personal story. You know, we had the, uh, you know, we had the, uh, the goose that, that, you know, laid the golden eggs. And uh, it all disappeared, you know, during the global financial crisis. We were in banking and, uh, you know, like that. You never know when, uh, when the world is going to change. So you want to have eggs, your golden eggs in other baskets. And there's no better way than to actually, you know, get into transactions because then you just become a deal maker. I don't know if that makes sense, but you, you see it all the time. You, you just see it with these serial entrepreneurs. If, if, if they did one transaction early enough in their life and early enough could be as late as, you know, 50, 55 years old, you see them do four, five, six, seven, eight after that in, 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 in more rapid sequence as they do another one and another one. And, and, and that's what the world needs more of. So uh, it, it, there's a lot of those at the top, you know, at those very big deals that happen. They're happening all the time, billions of dollars, but there's very little happening. There's a lot happening at the, at the lower levels, but, but there's much more that needs to uh, to occur to reach the maturity that we talked about at the beginning, you know, where people know their role as employees or as you know, and they're just more mature about these big changes that happen in organizations as part of you know transactions or market changes or crises that you know black swans that happen all of, all of a sudden that are going to start happening more often. We all have to be more prepared and more mature to to receive those types of hits. You know, I don't know, I don't know if that makes sense, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I think it does. And yeah. and so, what would you say to anyone? listening, like you said, I, most people yep. listening um, in my audience are, are organizational leaders and executives in yeah. corporations. There are entrepreneurs and, and solopreneurs and, and some who, who are in, in, in smaller businesses. Um, but w- what would you say to anyone listening who might be considering, you know, taking the plunge and getting into this space? Um, how, how might, you know, what, how would you uh, convince them to, to take that leap? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, the, the, you know, convincing them is something. You know, if if you if you put the effort into into getting into it, you're going to see it's not as nebulous as, as you thought it was. It's it's almost it's I don't know, I don't know it's, it's ridiculous that it's like, oh read my book you know but <laughs> I'm not an author you know we're not we didn't do it for you know to sell millions I mean it would have been it, it would be nice you know but uh, the uh, everybody that's that's read it and we get the feedback they laugh they say that the we we put like 40 case studies in there of all the bad things that can happen you know and and, and we put we actually have to change the names so these are things that have happened 
either to us or to our clients or or people we know and it's just you know stories of you know employees uh stealing money uh you know companies that never paid a single tax somebody acquired it did not do the due diligence and then the irs is you know and and and, and somebody who bolted off to you know panama we we, we had a guy that uh you know bolted off to ukraine with a bunch of money and it's all in there it's the type of stuff your you know your uncle might might say at a at a dinner about you know his lifelong happenings, but they're in here and they're it, it's 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 funny, it's enjoyable, it's quick to read, but there's a lot of you know meat in there where uh, you know you're, you're just gonna have a fun time and you're gonna be like okay you know I just got the recipe for how to get started. And I think I just already have the guide you know on the on the five six things that I have to do to get ready to either take the plunge and go into business by acquisition by just launching it and 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 by reading it I think somebody in, in corporate organizational development or whatnot could actually have, it could be a good starting point to getting, you know, a, a corporate venture capital fund created at the firm or a venture arm or something to just give entrepreneurship, you know, give those employees that you feel will eventually leave because they have that, that, that bug in them and give them, stay with us. Here's, you know, a little incubator and you know, here's a little company support that you can have and, and, and go, at, go on and make, you know, a, a spinoff, you know, for, for the firm, right? Like that, that's, you know, there's been a lot of success in corporate venture capital, and I think it could be a good primer uh, also for that because it's just it's just written in a funny way, in a more down-to-earth, pragmatic uh, tone than a lot of these you know business entrepreneurship books. And 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 yeah. the other ones that you have in the world, you know, out there are the ones from the hugely successful you know folks that created a gazillion-dollar company and they tell their story, but it's really a lot of a uh, you know, just boasting about, you know, their stories are not the ones that most people are going to live. You know, it's just almost nearly impossible statistically to be, you know, a Zuckerberg or Elon Musk, you know, and those are the other books about that, you know, you know that, that's nearly impossible to replicate. You just have to be very lucky, very smart at the right place at the right time in the right school to graduate from the right, you know, business school. And, uh, and those are, those are most of those other books uh, about taking the plunge, you know, it's just about feel good, you know, get in there, you know, this one, you know, talks the good and the bad. I don't know. I, don't, I, I hate to ramble about that, but, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's, that's fantastic. Well, Stuart, uh, this has just been a really fun conversation. I appreciate you sharing about the book, sharing your insights. <laughs> uh, I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a few minutes. Um, but before we wrap up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about, uh, your work, your team, where they can find the book, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the time. Uh, well, uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, Stuart Robles. I always, uh, you know, get back at people immediately. And uh, then the, the, the website for the firm, you know, BriggsCapital.com, B-R-I-G-G-S, Capital.com. Uh, Stuart Robles, you know, on LinkedIn. And uh, my email address is Stuart at BriggsCapital.com. Um, the book is uh we've got a website for the book uh it's just the five letters for the uh, for the title the acronym this thing does not focus did it focus there uh, so you know the new world of entrepreneurship tnwoe.com okay tnwoe.com and uh i'm the youngest guy at, at our firm you know all of the uh the rest of the partners and the and, and the members are are over 60 and so I'm actually the youngest. I'm the one who's always responding to all messages. So anything that 
if people reach out, they, they get an immediate answer. It would be great to connect uh, it, with anybody. And I'd love to also send them the, the vector thing if anybody wants to look at that. It's just fascinating, but that was one of those wrong place, wrong time, and it didn't work, you know, but it's still there. You know, the methodology is there, and, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's just fascinating. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and then that's it. You know, it's, it's, it's a primer. It's, it's a guide, and it's, it won't be like something else you've ever read because, uh, you know, I'm not a book author. Uh, it was horribly hard to to write it, you know, and I only wrote <laughs> half of it. Uh, it was it was horrendous. It was horrendous. It was so tough, you know, uh, to, to to sit down and actually. So it's it, but but it's in the end, you know, we we sent it to a lot of people, and uh, you know, we've gotten a lot of really good feedback, and I think that's the reason because I'm not an author. You know, my my co-author he gave it structure. He's a co-author, so it's got both of both of those things, you know. Yeah, wonderful. Well, Stuart, it has just been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, to get connected, find out more about what Stuart and his team can do for you. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. 
The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.